Welcome to Drinking With Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance, and today we have an epically special episode. So it's going to go a little differently, listeners. Um, I'm going to introduce our guests, but they are all here for a very amazing reason. So I am lucky to have John Hartness, Darren Kennedy, and Patrick Duggan. Duggan, Duggan. I can say it correctly. (laughs) I won't lie, I already started drinking. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. Um, I am drinking a um, screwdriver. That's the simplicity. Orange juice and vodka. Maybe a lot more vodka than orange juice, but that's what's happening. John, what are you drinking? I'm actually having a Coke and a smile. Um, I've still got a lot. I've still got royalties to send out tonight when we're done. So I need to stay stone sober to make sure I'm not sending someone too much or too little money. Cat, stop that. <clears throat> okay, Darren, what are you drinking? I'm just hydrating a little bit, but I'm drinking from a glass that's larger on the inside. So, Oh, wow. Doctor Who, love it, love it. Patrick? I am drinking Green Man. Ooh. Order. So See, somebody's drinking with me. I'm not alone. That's good. In my Green Man glass, which actually ties into the book. So there you go. Very cool. Okay. Oh, so what? Who- the people in your book are drunks too? The main character <laughs> does brew tours in Asheville. So yes. So That's I write what I know. I love that. Okay, so who wants to take the floor to explain why I am um, lucky enough to have all three of you here? Go ahead, Darren. Okay. <laughs> Hi. So, um, <laughs> so this is sort of a, a a collection of us that has occurred over the last several months. Um, basically, right around the same time that I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. With my new three books of a new series, John was posting on Facebook, hey, everybody, um, what do y'all think about a lot of these people kickstarting their new series? And that was roughly about the same time that Patrick was deciding that he wanted to go in a different direction with what he was doing with his new series. So we all kind of put our heads together and said, you know, if if one Kickstarter is good, what if we all kickstarted these books together? So we're trying something that we haven't seen before, and we're doing a Three author, five book Kickstarter for three brand new series. That is amazing. That is very cool. Um, so w- let's go for what each of these series is. So I'm gonna, Patrick, I'm calling on you first. What is yours that you're contributing? So um, my series is called uh, the Nexus Witch series. So the first book is called Stone Cold Witch. It's set in Asheville, North Carolina. The main character is an elemental witch. She belongs to a coven whose job is to stop stuff from coming through the nexus portals, which connects all the other dimensions and then bad stuff likes to come through, you know, because that's what happens. So um, she's at the Harris Teeter getting her groceries when she realizes there's a demon somewhere nearby that should not be because they're not supposed to be able to be summoned without coming through the portal. And she finds one of her sisters dead at the demon's feet. So not only now are they trying to figure out how the demon got in, but they're trying to figure out uh, why uh, her sister was killed. And then she has to, they figure out there's a traitor. So she has to hunt him down as well as stop what's coming through the portal. Wow. Um, I like a lot of that. And some of it I don't like. I do not like the dead sister. That makes me sad. So, but, you know, sometimes story pro. Yeah, uh, it was an unfortunate turn of events that you kind of needed to get the book going. No, I I get it. I get it. Darren, what about you? What is your series? As I was over the years working on series that were based on Russian classical music or chess or whatever, all the other ideas of everything else that I love just kind of sat in the back and congealed. And over time, um, I'm a huge fan of 80s music. And so I was looking at the works of Pat Benatar, such as Shadows of the Night, All Fired Up, You Better Run. And I was like, this is the bones of a series. So whenever I started to put all of her different song titles together, the all the different ideas, all of the different things that I've loved over the last 30 or 40 years all began to congeal. And I got a story that is, it's, it's going to be about nine books long if I, if I've got it put together right. 
It's going to be epic, but it's contemporary fantasy set in the modern day. And you can sort of imagine what if Taylor Swift, one of her roadies, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer were in a love triangle and had to save the world on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love the 80s song lyrics, too. Such an addict. Okay, John, what about you? So my book is The Seven Unforgiven. The <clears throat> series, if this book sells well enough to make more, <laughs> um, this is called. This is what we call a standalone with series potential. I would like to write more. I really enjoy these characters. I really enjoy this style of book. But if nobody buys it, I'm not going to write anymore. So that's on uh, the readers. If you love it, let me know by buying the book because otherwise I'm going to go do things that pay my mortgage. Um, but it is, it's a high fantasy homage to the seven samurai or the magnificent seven, which is a Western knockoff of seven samurai. Um, it's heavily inspired by Nick Eames Kings of the wild, a high fantasy with, contemporary language and dialogue where we're it's a mix of old and new kings of the wild was a very very successful high fantasy where retired adventurers were getting the band back together i like a little more hero's journey in my stories so this is a little bit of a blend of young adventurer bringing pieces of a band of heroes back out of retirement to avenge the death of one of their own um <clears throat> someone once said and it might have been twain but it might have been somebody else said that there's only two stories either somebody comes to town or somebody goes somewhere else and this book starts with a young man walking into town putting a coin down on a bar a coin that he's not supposed to have to have because there were only seven of them ever made and the bartender happens to be one of the holders of one of the other coins and how did you get that my mother gave it to me oh i know those eyes why are you here because she's dead wow. so it's a story of betrayal it's a story of revenge it's a story of adventure of sacrifice it's all of the things that i enjoyed reading when i was younger and reading high fantasy reading a lot of ray feist reading a lot of tad williams that kind of thing so it has a lot of those same high fantasy elements which is a little bit of a departure for me most of what i do is urban fantasy but um i enjoyed writing it and so far the feedback from people who've looked over it has been pretty positive so i hope that folks will really enjoy it very very cool so um i haven't had a lot of authors on the show that have done kickstarters so can we talk a little bit about why an author would do a kickstarter and kind of why you all came together to do this i will open the floor to whoever mm -hmm. wants to jump in i've run a few with with falstaff we have done several Kickstarters for anthologies, which is what I see a lot more of. And it's a way that we use it to set up pre-orders for the anthology and use those pre-orders to pay people a higher per word rate. What we're doing with this is to leverage the visibility that the three of us to individually have to boost up each other's work together. Most people who know Darren and Patrick and I know that we're friends, know that we hang out together. We're together at a lot of conventions. We publish together. We work together. So there's already a fair amount of crossover, but we all have our different fan bases. And this is a this is an attempt to make it a little more incestuous among our fans and then it's a proof of concept idea darren's talking about nine books well gonna be tough to 
going to be tough to make nine if we can't fund three. I'm talking about a standalone with series potential. Well, if we don't get money to make the first one, why am I going to waste my time and energy to do subsequent books? And Patrick, I believe, is in a similar position as I am where and a lot of people are doing that using kickstarter as a proof of concept these books are complete it's not like we're going to then take a year to write the book after we're done we're looking at delivering just a few months after we finish the campaign but <clears throat> that's one of the big things that we're looking at doing plus dividing the workload in promoting new promoting launches as you know is a pain it's a lot of work well if we're promoting each other before the launch then we've got all these people who are signed up to follow the kickstarter who are already predisposed to share information about it once the books launch so that's one of the things that's kind of why I got in on it. Each of us has our newsletter, our fan base, the people who we know, but utilizing Kickstarter and doing all three of us together, there are a bunch of people that may be interested in kickstarting and new th kickstarters and new things that may never have heard of any of us. And and I'm this and this being three authors trying it all together is a new thing. And Sometimes a new thing is a rocket and sometimes a new thing may not go well, but we're, we wanted to sure give it our best shot and see what happened. And have, since I've participated in a fair number of kickstarted anthologies, I have a handful of other people who owe me a solid from <laughs> being in their kickstarters. So I can count on them promoting this kickstarter to their lists and their friends. We don't have, at least I don't know that we have a Santa Claus like Brandon Sanderson telling his people to go through and back every Kickstarter in publishing that was running when his big Kickstarter was going, which is something he did that's awesome. But <clears throat> I just I was just in an anthology that launched this week that Jonathan Mayberry edited. I've done I'm in a Kevin J. Anderson is in it. He's done successful Kickstarters. So I've done Kickstarters for Danielle Ackley McPhail with eSpec Books. So all of these people will help promote our project because we've done stuff to help promote their projects in the past. And that's not why we worked with them in the first place, but it is one of the reasons we do these things, you know. I think it's fantastic. One of the things you said that really resonated with me is that the books are done. So this has been a huge thing across a lot of Kickstarters that involve any kind of publishing, whether it's games or novels or things like that, is the not actually completed pieces of work that people end up giving money to and then, you know, may may or may not ever actually arrive to, oh, John is holding up something. I back. This is Hecna, um, which is a lovely tabletop role-playing game, um, a creepy carnival setting for 5th edition. I backed it something like a year or a year and a half ago. I have another one on the shelf that just came in last week that I forgot existed. I forgot I had backed it. But then I've just got delivered today Eric Asher's Kickstarter that... He was running at DragonCon, and it's already delivered. So, <clears throat> and no, you know. I, when they do that, I think that's great because, uh, you know, saying they're completed, they're ready, it's going to be out in a few months, I think is fantastic because, first of all, this entire idea is wonderful, but also that um, people are actually going to get the books soon. So, with that. Soon adjacent. I am by far the holdup on every piece of this production. My my book is the least complete. The book is written. I am revising it. But these guys are way ahead of me as full, far as having everything done. Full disclosure, 
done with cover, done with cover, need to write the last eight chapters, but otherwise done with cover. Got to, I'm trying to stick the landing on the beginning of the first trilogy. So I would say done, done, almost done. So that's three, and John's talking about one. So. <laughs> I've also been working on it for two straight years. And so I had a little yeah. bit of a good start. <laughs> I am waiting for proofreading. I wish I, I wish you well. actually had a head start, Darren. I started my book in the pandemic. <laughs> I'm showing you some love, John. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. I'm I am well acquainted. I am well very willing to embrace my suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I totally understand. I understand many hats being worn at the same time. Yeah. Well, but also, I, but also, I've written and published over thirty books at this point. I. I think yes. I have a track record that I can produce a book. We're you do, worried. and I and I also think as you as this you know grows and expands and becomes that you're going to have to deliver the thing because everybody else will just be pointing, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's John. So with these books, then you're doing it this way. Then how do they come out to the public? Like, when do they get released? Do they go on a pre-order then for the general public? Like. How does how what do what do people get and how does this work? I got that one. Okay. Um, so on on our Kickstarter, we are putting in each each item is going to have planned to deliver by June two thousand twenty four, but we're hoping to beat that by a mile. Um, we would rather under promise and over deliver than the other way, and um, our goal is April May. We're going to see, you know, you know, life is busy and we're in the 2020s and 2020s like to throw wrenches into things. So um, <laughs> that was a very nice way of putting that. I appreciate it. You got it. That's but, why uh, we let Darren explain it, because Darren has the nice way of putting things. <laughs> I say like, fuck way more. But then you're like, well, what what's going to happen after the. So our plan is to get all of the people who got their Kickstarter versions out as quickly as possible. And then for the summer cons of 2024, I believe we're planning on all of us launching the, um, the ones that you can purchase outside of the Kickstarter um, at some of the um, 2024 June, July, May, June, July conventions, where we're hoping that everybody with the Kickstarter is going to get it a month or two early. That's and really people can, for one of the for one of the reward levels, people can have breakfast with the three of us at Con Carolinas, which is the first weekend of June in Charlotte, which is where all of us live. So that's our home con. We're always there. We always have a strong presence. And that will likely be the big release event for these three books for these first first three. That way, Darren. That way, Darren can stagger his releases so that he can ride the Amazon algorithm however he chooses. Right. But yeah, once the Kickstarter rewards deliver, the books will be available for purchase at from us at conventions, from our websites, everywhere books are sold. Um, We'll likely do an event in Charlotte at Park Road Books because that's a home bookstore for all of us as well. Sherry's already said we are doing one. <laughs> there we go. See, I've um, let Darren and I've let Darren and Patrick handle all the logistics. I show up places and say random things, and they either tell me I'm right or I'm wrong. I see. So you're the you're basically the spokes model for this particular Kickstarter. I am. I am here to. <laughs> make dick jokes and swear there there's already been facebook traffic of whether or not john there's a level where john will wash their car and then whether there's a level where john will wash their car in a bikini and then i'm going to add a level that if you pay even more i will guarantee that does not happen <laughs> <laughs> but that's a but that's a great point about you know the one thing that i really am excited about for the kickstarter is that we're getting to offer like all these rewards that you wouldn't normally get, right? So if we just release these books through Amazon or, you know, just through our websites or whatever, you know, you don't get the opportunities that you'll have with this Kickstarter. So like we all have Tuckerizations, which is you can put your name or someone else's name 
into the book so you can buy with permission with yeah you cannot put the name of someone you hate in our books and have us do awful things to them and then get our butt suit off yes that so most people want a good tuckerization so um but you know you just i was about to say i i have a list going so i guess i I blew up john scalzi (laughs) i blew up john scalzi in a quincy harker book so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to blow up my peers. But yeah, I've killed everybody from people I've never met to some of my best. I've killed most of my good friends. <laughs> I don't think I've ever killed Darren in a book. No, I'm I'm the guy that patches everybody up, so don't kill him. Exactly. Yeah. Old Doc Kennedy. I think I am in one of Patrick's books yep. is old Doc Kennedy, yep. what he's talking about. Machines and Monsters, Darren is old Doc Kennedy. I gave notes to someone who submitted a book to Falstaff, who a lot of us know from the convention circuit. I gave him notes on his submission that I like this book. I want to see the full, but understand that you are not going to name characters after me and Darren if this if we publish this book through Falstaff. Wow, that that's a thing. That's a thing there. Oh, yeah. my goodness. My ego, my ego is not actually boundless. So one of the tiers people can have characters put into these books for them. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a tier for um, each, each of my three books will have the potential for one tuckerization. And I believe John and Patrick are, are offering two for each of their book ones is what we've got set up currently. And then also um, all five books, the dedication, like, to Steve, you know, my best friend or whatever at the front of the book, those are also going to be levels that are offered. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what. And and frankly, I'll make that standing offer. If you pay me enough money, I'll dedicate any book I write to your ass. Seven Tuckerizations and five dedications. Mm -hmm. Breakfast with us. Um, John. John Not at Tiffany's. I was going to say, do the, does the person having breakfast pay, or are you guys paying? How's that we working? Pay. We'll pay. We'll pay for breakfast. As long as they don't order the lobster with a side of lobster. <laughs> the good news, we get to pick the restaurant, and Famous Toastery does not do lobster with a side of lobster. <laughs> um, we're going to have um, uh, a couple a couple levels where uh, a senior editor at Falstaff Book will do a either a short story review or a manu- or a complete manuscript review for for writers that might be interested. Um, we're going to have ebook levels. We're going to have paperback levels. We're going to have hardcover levels. And anytime you get a paperback or a hardcover level, however many books you get, the ebook with it. So ebooks come with any physical. Um, thing is only if you only wanted the ebook that you would not get a physical um a physical object are they getting signed by you guys too every book will be signed by us personally oh wow yeah i'm signing all of darren's book ones darren is signing all of patrick's patrick is signing mine and my cats are going to ink stamp in darren's twos and threes i'm lying <laughs> My cats are not autographing Darren's books. He's allergic. <clears throat> I met I met John out for coffee the other night, and he was just wearing a hat that was covered in cat hair. And it took about fifteen minutes of us sitting next to each other. And I was like, I was like, I'm allergic to the hat. That's how <laughs> bad. That's how bad it is. This is why I don't go to John's house. Oh wow. This is really, really exciting. This is so cool. I'm I'm excited to check it out too because I like killing people in books. It's exciting. We to also me. have a cool stretch goal where we do audio for all of the books. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very because cool. as you know, audio is expensive and yes. time consuming. And if you're not already working with an audiobook producer, then it can be difficult to get things produced in audio. So if we get enough orders, we get audio and that'll be available as an add-on and it'll be present at certain backer levels. Basically, if you chip in enough to get the damn thing dedicated to you and we make enough to do the audio, we'll give you a freaking audio book. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is awesome. That is very cool. Okay, we have to take a quick break. We will be right back with all of this awesomeness. Hey, listeners, you know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncie, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Okay, we're back. We're back. So um, I have some questions about these books. And so to rev up the excitement in my normal literary briefs, ask a lot of random questions thing. Darren, you haven't been subjected to this yet, but so you're going to go first. Um, okay. Let's talk about who you would cast as the lead character in Shadows of the Night. Um, who, um, if I was casting someone right now to play Ethan Harkreader, who is my main character of book one, what is um, Ethan that plays the Vulcan on the most recent Star Trek? Um, uh, he plays he plays Spock on on uh, on on Strange Horizon. Zachary Quinos. No, no, that was no. movies. Okay, sorry, I don't. I'm not up. On I have it. his name momentarily. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. I just guys, that was my answer, and I knew that was wrong, so I didn't say Ethan it. Peck. Eth- Ethan Peck. Um, it's it's funny. Like if, if I was casting either my chess series or Shadows of the Night. Ethan Peck can be my leading man because that 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 guy he just looks he looks like who I'm looking for for my leading character in both those books. They're very th- those two characters are kind of similar in my mind. Very but, cool, um, Patrick. What about you? Who is the witch? Um, so, really, the witch would be um, Kate Beckinsale um, earlier in her career. Now it would probably be like Olivia Rodrigo. Um, you know, with that kind of sassy, kind of grungy, you know, ball buster. So I love that. I think Kate Beckinsale would totally admire oh, that would, description of her. Absolutely. She would, she would okay. rule this book if she was yes. cast for it. Yeah. I'm, I I got the image of her in Underworld, like yep. the first one. Exactly. Yeah, jumping yep. off a building. Yep. I'm all about That's... that. I've got that. Okay, John, what about you? You've got seven, though. You have seven. And it is largely an ensemble, but the two primary protagonists, the the young care the young male protagonist would probably would be really good. Would be Tom Holland would be really good for that. <clears throat> and then the older male brawler badass would the actor's name's Richard T. Jones. He plays Sergeant Gray on the Rookie. Hmm. Oh, he is a big, strong, imposing black man, shaved head, goatee. Um, and I mean, obviously, in nerd circles, Mike Coulter is your go to badass black man in nerdy stuff right now that's not, um, oh, fuck, Nick fucking Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> But I really like um, I really like Richard Jones's demeanor because he comes across a little calm. He has a little more calm energy on screen than either of than Jackson and Coulter's too young. Very cool, very cool. I like it. So, um, with although that- Darren and I met Mike Coulter at a con once a few oh, years back. He's very tall. He is a large human being. <clears throat> I feel like large and imposing. Not really. Hmm. At least 
well, look, I'm six one and I weigh 300 pounds. I'm hard to impose. That's true. I'm six feet tall. I'm very hard to impose, as we yeah. all know. But no, <laughs> he um he didn't come off as very imposing, but he is, I mean, he's taller than me. So I'm he I'm thinking he's probably six three, six four. And when we saw him, he he just looked like a dapper, dapper black dude in the hotel lobby. And I was like, hey, Darren, is that Luke Cage? And we weren't <laughs> sure. <laughs> But do you go ask? Do you look cage? No. Um, so question, did you guys create soundtracks for these books, Patrick? <laughs> My entire series is a soundtrack. Um, each of the nine books is a different Pat Benatar song. Every single chapter of each book is themed off of a different 80s song, and most of the characters are named after an 80s song, an 80s lyric, or an 80s band, or an 80s pop star. So there's East it's just a whole bunch of Easter eggs and I'm intending on having the back. You can see the front of each cover is a variation of a classic eighties album cover. If you look closely, um, the back will have that faded out a little bit and it'll have the track list of the chapters within, uh, on the back of each book. And, um, and I just look forward to start hearing the people writing with the Easter eggs, like, when you had that person named this, does that mean that? I, I that's what that's what I'm really looking forward to because they're everywhere. No, totally. I, I'm just gonna call this. This is Madonna, Prince, and Bruce Springsteen, right? Correct Amundo. Oh, I'm such an 83rd. Oh, what material present? What? What? Okay. Um, now I'm super excited. Now I'm getting all just I I make my other half. He he's not as into 80s movies. And every time one comes up, and then I force him to watch it. That is my goal in life. Is he watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High the other day and was like, What's movie about? Dude. And I'm like, Dude, that's nothing. My skull. It's about nothing. <laughs> Tell me you oh, made him watch Better Off Dead. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. That's, well, you that, know, that, you know how to identify, favorite. you know how to identify a Gen Xer in any room, right? Oh. Huh. You just shout out, don't you? And however many people throw up their right fist, <laughs> those are the Gen Xers in the room. I did a photo shoot at a, a work <clears throat> with um, some people, and we we were dressed as the breakfast club. And what was funny is Halloween. Of course, nobody got it, right? Until we all sat and did the pose for the poster. And then everybody's like, oh, my God. It's like, yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of like, you know, we've been to Dragon Con and stuff. You can't dress up at Dragon Con in a group costume unless you have all the group there, pretty much. Um, okay. Unless you're doing X-Men, because there's so many goddamn X-Men yeah. that any five Mar or Avengers, any five Marvel superheroes standing together is some iteration of Avengers. That's very, very true. Do you have a soundtrack, John? It's going to be hard to beat Darren, but... Yeah, I'm not even trying. No, I I don't actually, I don't name chapter, I don't title chapters. Um, and no, this book took, this book took me for friggin' ever to write because it was a stop and start project I started during the pandemic. So I wrote 10 chapters in 2020. I wrote 10 chapters in 21. You know, I just... I bounced in and out of this project while I was doing other stuff for so mm -hmm. long that no, there's the hardest thing about revising it is making it cohesive because it, it was almost three books by the time, because, you know, you've got the, oh my God, the world's ending. Then you've got the, oh, okay. The world mostly didn't end. And then you've got, oh, well, everything's still fucked. And then you've got, oh, well, I should finish this book. So, no, there's no co there's no cohesive musical soundtrack except, you know, Spotify, uh, except Alexa, play Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, huh? T-Swift. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a big Swifty. I love her stuff. I've been a fan of hers since she was doing country music because she writes, she writes her songs and so few country or pop artists anymore do that. So I've always had a lot, a ton of respect for her as an artist. And I will admit to loving all the 
complete outrage by the dude bros who are like, who's this girl? She's dragging Travis Kelsey down. I'm like, dude, chill out. He's not even the most famous Kelsey brother, okay? <laughs> <laughs> my my I, I listened to Swift and I have since the country, but my daughter is an epic Swifty and like did that whole thing to get in the lottery to get Taylor Swift tickets for the oh, whole I don't thing. care that she much. pulled it off. She got oh, them. Good for her. So, yes. And another friend of mine's going to France to watch a T-Swift concert. Got tickets there. I'm going like, to watch the thing on Amazon. I'm going to watch the concert on Amazon Prime. Um, now that concert tickets are no longer tax deductible for me for research purposes, because that was my life for a couple of decades. I was a theatrical lighting designer and did a lot of rock and roll. So now that concert tickets aren't tax write-off, they're way too expensive. Oh my gosh. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Patrick, what about you? Do you have a soundtrack? I do. Um, so it actually isn't um, title names. I, throughout um, the three books uh, for Nick, there. so the first three books are going to follow Jess, who's my elemental witch. Um, so she is big into um, hair bands and grunge. So there is a lot of, um, there is a lot of um, things pointing at to be, you know, the t-shirt she wears, music she's listening to. Um, the head of the coven says to her, because she's mad because she's playing um, Alt Nation in the car. And she says, and she says, why do you listen to this crap? And she said, more witches have been killed by uh, boredom than ever witch hunters. <laughs> and so it is constant. She's like, you have to learn and grow or you, you stagnate and die. So, um, so there is a ton of musical references. Um, just just work in a good New York Dolls shout out for me. Okay. Get some old get some old glam shit in there, buddy. There's there's glam shit in there. There's everything in that book. Mm -hmm. Um so that's so you know, um the book is revolves around nine witches. Um so there is a ton of kind of like Darren's not to the extent, but there's a lot of Easter eggs and stuff. Um there's song uh lyrics taken out and used as part of you know different pieces of the book. So um, it's a lot of fun. And usually what I end up doing before I release is I put all the songs together and then I publish the the list of what inspired me for that book. So that'll be coming out before too long. Yeah, I've done that with other titles. It just hasn't it just didn't work out the way this book got built. That tends to be. I've done that for Bubba more. Yeah, because while well, they're novellas, I can kind of write them in a in a short burst. They don't take me three years. <laughs> I would say, okay so everyone on here is such an experienced author my next question is this um what was it like to write these particular books did you have or book did you have an Achilles kind of heel I feel like as writers we all have them sometimes they change from book to book where we do something that the editor is like stop doing this you know or you need to add more of this do you what was your experience this time? Patrick, I'm going to call you out first. Internals. That's my editor's favorite word lately. Um, getting, you know, we're doing third person. Um, so getting deep into the character's head so that you understand their motivations and stuff. I am much more action, wham, bam, get into the fights. And she's like, slow it down. So a lot of it was just um, in edits. It was a lot of adding in. Um, more stuff to flesh Jess out and some of the other witches um, just to make sure that when the readers get going, which I always find is really funny because now this book isn't out yet, but like with Never Steal from Dragons, I get emails all the time and everybody has it. There's six different characters. Everybody has a different favorite character. And so I'm like, okay, so they're all good characters. If you can't, if you've got 50 different people telling you six different characters are their favorites. So, um, so that was my big thing. It's I, um, the book actually I drafted it in three weeks, um, so it kind of flew through. Yeah, show off. Nobody needs to hear that crap. Uh, oh, I'm, I mean, I've done it before. It's just this one took me. <laughs> no, you do it all the time. That's where <laughs> I got. That's where I got my inspiration <laughs> from. Was because John knocks out books like crazy. 
Darren, what about you? What um what 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 did your editor say that you were like, oh, that's fun. Note to self. Um, I don't have it. I would have to think about what my editor said, but um for me, this one was was new because this series I did in first person present tense and I got the immediacy and my chess books because they had a bigger cast. I went with third person past tense, but I decided I would do first person past tense with this new one. And my brain is either like, if you're in past tense, we need to be in third person. Or if we're in first person, we need to be in present tense. So it's been three books of trying to retrain my brain to use the right verbs and the right subjects. And it, I'm still finding myself trying to put it in present tense as I'm working on the last eight chapters of book three. And I'm like, will you please just shift into gear? You're driving me crazy. And my brain's like, nope. I find no, I will write it this way. I, I find that. that funny, bud, because so because almost everything I've published has been first person past tense. And I the I I've read first person present, obviously, but I can't write it to save my life. This okay. one is in third for me, and it's a close third, but not quite as deep as what Patrick's talking about. I, I did it at the time because that seemed to be. In urban and contemporary fantasy, that seemed to be what they were doing. But I have found myself dozens of times as I was working on those three, basically I'm like, this would be so much easier if I was just writing it in present tense, because then everything is present tense and I don't have to think so hard. So it it would, but um it would, but it would feel a lot more YA. So I'm 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 I did my best, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am not a present tense writer at all. I'm with John. I can't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. That's so funny because I'm first person present tense is how I write most of my. I tried to write this in past tense. It sounded terrible. The minute I flipped them all to present tense verbs, it just worked. But I this remember that. Does work. This actually does work in past tense. So thank I God. remember when you were when you made that switch. You were so excited because finally the books worked. Yep. For me, the the challenge was voice and getting back into the narrative voice because it did take so long and I did go away from it for months and months at a time. So I would go away from this book and then write above a book. And that's a very distinctive narrative voice. So I had to come back to this and not just jump into a different POV which is third instead of first. But also I had to jump out of a comedy horror first person structure into a high fantasy third person. The pacing is very different. So shift those shifts in gears, there are certainly places I've found in the revisions where I'm like, okay, go back, rewrite it again i was gonna ask because i know coming back to work that you've worked on before and stuff like that especially when you have like two years go by did you find yourself almost trying to rewrite the thing again because i feel like when you step away you get like new ideas or whatever on it and then you look at i i find that when i look at my older stuff Part of me is like, rewrite the whole thing. I know that, you know, and you, you can't do that because you can potentially be, you know, just going well, in a loop. That's why. Um, no, I didn't feel the need to go back and rewrite the whole thing. One, because I outlined all of each act before I started. So I did at least still have a roadmap, but also I'm 30 something books in at this point. I know what it takes to make a book. And I know what some of the pitfalls are from talking to writers that I've worked with, from talking to writers that I've taught. I know the things that have hamstrung them and kept them from completing. So that desire to go back and revise again and again before you get started moving forward, that's why most people don't finish a book, is because they stop. They don't stop rewriting. And they don't ever get to the word, the two most important words in the book, the end. 
writers who are listening, please take this advice because get out of your own fucking way and write the fucking book. I don't care what your pen name is going to be. I don't care what your social media strategy is going to be. I don't care who your dream agent is. No one in the universe will ever give a shit about that book you haven't finished writing. Thank you for coming to my fucking TED Talk. <laughs> there are a couple of exclusions to that rule, but yes. Scott Lynch being one of them. No, what I still don't give a shit about? about any book Scott's ha- Scott hasn't finished. I don't give a shit about anything he hasn't finished. I love everything that he's finished. <laughs> Scott, I love you. Finish the book. <laughs> Finish the book. <laughs> need another... It's irrelevant okay. until it's a book. Okay. So and we are our worst enemies. Oh, yeah. the four people most responsible for the four of us not making books are the four of us. <laughs> yes, very, very true. And you know, you it's and Kevin Feige. I yeah. I think there was a statistic <laughs> of something like 0.02% of people who say I'm gonna write a book, write a book. Yeah. Also, like, 94.7% of all statistics are made up on the spot. It's That's very true. But I think it, the number is very, I mean, we've all encountered people who are, I'm going to write a book. I mean, how many of them actually wrote a book, you know, and finished well, a book? And when I teach class, that's the first thing I say is like, you can't edit a blank page, dump it because you know, just get it out of your head onto the page because you can edit anything into a halfway decent story. You know, but you can't edit a blank page. And but most people, that's what they're doing. Is they're, uh, no, no, the first paragraph isn't right. It's like until you're done with the book, who cares? Just finish the damn book. You know, because if you're gonna just sit there and twiddle your thumbs, go find something else to do because it, you're just basically wasting time at that point. There's a good chance that first paragraph you're perfecting is not going to be in the final book that gets put on the shelf. <laughs> the Black Knight Chronicles, the first series I wrote. When I, I self-published the first three books in that series, sold thousands of copies, ten, tens of thousands of copies of those books, mm-hmm. sold the series to a publisher. We cut entire chapters when we rebuilt those books. The entire first two chapters of book two were excised, and we wrote an entire new intro to the book. So, yeah. Darren's absolutely right. That thing that you're slaving over and that you're using as an excuse to not write the next chapter, because that's what you're doing. Own your bullshit. Um, <clears throat> that thing may not end up in the book. There's a lot of stuff. I wrote a book uh, very early in my career called Genesis. I wrote the first three chapters of that book five or six times, and none of those ended up in the book. I threw that all, I threw it all away. At the end of the day, I needed to write those things because I needed that moment before. But no one who read it ever needed all of those moments before. <laughs> well, like Darkest Storm, same thing. You know, I had all these flashbacks that I thought were like the best thing since sliced bread. And John took one look at him and went, Cut all of them. <laughs> I was like, but, but, but. And he's like, they're, they're garbage. Cut them all. I was like, okay. I mean, and that's part of, you know, crafting a good story is listening to people who are not you. You know, Elmore Leonard. Yeah. I, you don't write the stuff people don't want to read. Well, not only that, you, you're you so close to work that you you almost stop seeing the story in a way. Like you're not seeing what other people are going to see in the story. Because you've got the glacier in your head of this gigantic story and you know every piece of it, and it doesn't make sense what you've written on the paper. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are definitely times that I've sent edit notes back to writers that said, I'm pretty sure that you explained this in your head, but you have yet to explain it on the page. So, who the hell is this person and why do we care? Yeah. It's yep. very, very true. You forget about it that, in your head. You know everything. They know nothing on there. That may be an exact quote. I'm every bit as much of a dick when I'm editing as I am on a podcast. No. <clears throat> I would yeah. never believe that. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the, the con circuit coming up because you guys touched on it. 
Um, are you geared up to do a ton this year? <laughs> I know I, it's uh, a silly question, but I, I have to ask. So I am the least. So we'll start with me because I do the least number, and I'm doing twelve. Wow, where 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 is the first one in in Jan starting January? Where's the first place they can find you? So in January, I will be at um, Mooresville, no, Davies Library. I'm doing a library day with these friends guys. of the Harrisburg Public Library. You, you can find all of us there. Yes, Harrisburg, and we're also um, working out a date to do a um, books and beers at Common Market in Charlotte. So. Uh, the one on Monroe Road, which will be the three of us and probably seven or eight other authors. Um, those will both be in January. And then my next big con is RavenCon in uh, Richmond, Virginia in April. Okay. What about you, Darren? Where where are we finding you to start? So apparently on January 12th, me and John Hartness and John Hartness's sister and several hundred books are going to travel west to Chattanooga and do Chattacon from the 12th to the 14th of January. Um, I've got 20, uh, assuming everything works out, I'm looking at my schedule right here. I've got 20 things coming. Some of these are one day or afternoon events. So not every single one of these is a full weekend, but I've got 20 things coming up, everything from a few Comic-Cons to um, hopefully Jordan. I'm still waiting to hear back. Con Carolinas that we mentioned before, Soda City, basically stuff in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and a little bit in Tennessee. Very cool. And then I know for fall staff books, which is everywhere, and um Anything but John, how crazy is 2024 going to be? Because 2023 was pretty big. So, well, let's take a quick look here. Uh, yeah, okay, I can't find that spreadsheet. So, I don't know, 25 or 30. Um, like Darren said, I'm one of the special guests at Chattacon, so I'll be there. Then I'll be at that uh, Friends of the Harrisburg Library thing. There's a Comic-Con in Matthews I'm doing. There's the Charlotte Comic-Con that I do three times a year. Heroes Aren't Hard to Find does a mini-con in February. I'll be doing that. I'll be at Retcon in Raleigh. I've got Jordan Con and Raven Con in April. Atomicon in May. Con Carolinas. Then the main Heroes Con in the Charlotte Convention Center in June. Then Saga, which is the professional development conference for genre fiction writers that I run, we're doing that in July in conjunction with Congregate in Winston-Salem. Then there's Dragon Con. I'm the Toastmaster for Deep South Con 60 in October. We've got Multiverse in October, South Carolina Horror, Mad Monster. I'm... I'm I'm around. I was going to say it doesn't sound like you're going to be anywhere. You're going to be very hard to find. I see that. Yeah, and basically, there. if you wander into where books are sold at any of these conventions, you look for the giant banner that has the big pride flag and the big books, books, books banner, and we're under it. Just find the big gay book sign, and we're there. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're so not doing any of the. You can find Darren and Patrick at some of the bigger GalaxyCon events. I'm off of those for this year. Um, but last year, for this year in 2023, we sponsored the Writer's Track at DragonCon. So we will likely have a strong presence at DragonCon again. Um, I get a lot of I get a lot of work out of that convention as well as picking up authors to publish. So Oh, Dragon Con is one of my favorites. I felt like all I was doing was panels the entire time I was there, but it was a lot of fun. I, yeah, I, I did. I over-volunteered. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, was, I was light on panels this year. I only did about 18 hours of programming this year. But, yeah. um, and that's down for me. But I did book an anthology because Kevin Anderson, at the end of one of his panels, was talking about this anthology ad coming out 
for feisty felines and other fantastical familiars. And I kind of yelled from across the room, hey, I want to be in that. And he said, okay. So I just got paid for that this week. Um, and I'll be in an anthology with Mercedes Lackey, which is pretty awesome. That is very, very cool. That is so awesome. Well, I'm super excited about this and we have to wrap up. I loved having all of you here. This was so much fun, but I I would like to know, I'm guessing it's going to be Darren. Well, you got to plug again, this amazing, amazing Kickstarter. All right. So um, this is the link and um, starts January 2nd through February 1st. So you have a full month to check it out. Um, and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Buy it. You're getting five great books for one yep. price and a whole lot of different add-ons. You'll be able to add books that we've already published. If you were looking for our backstock, you'll be able to, um, you know, be tuckerized in books. You'll be able to, you know, possibly have John come wash your car in a bikini. You know, lots of fun stuff going on. Frankly, that offer is open for enough money. I'll come do that Regardless. whenever. I don't, it doesn't have to be a Kickstarter. You write a big enough check. Now, <laughs> I'm talking, I don't have a car payment anymore level check, but. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is uh, going to be so much fun. Everything will be available ebook, paperback. Um, hardcover, any pretty much any combination of the books of the three of us you'll be able to get. And like Patrick said, most of our back stock is going to be available as add-ons. We're going to have tuckerizations. We'll have dedications, uh, manuscript evaluations. Come have breakfast with the three of us at Con Carolinas in June. All of these and uh, all of these things will be available. We'll have we have a lot of cool stretch goals already in mind. And if this thing does really well. We would really like to have to come up with more stretch goals. That's where you come in. <laughs> that That is awesome. That is awesome. So listeners, if you're listening here on January 2nd, you better jump on that because it sounds like some of these things are a one-person thing. So you want to be the first. So make sure you go out and grab that. I know I'm going to go there myself today and dive in on it. I'm super excited. Thank you all very much for being here. Let's do a little shameless self-promotion. We have the, the, the Kickstarter, but where can people find you starting John with you? You can find me and both of my cohorts here. You can find work from all of us at falstaffbooks.com. You can pick up any of my books. You can pick up Patrick's Darkest Storm series. You can pick up Darren's Fugue and Fable series and the Pawn Stratagem series. Those are all available at Falstaff Books. Awesome. And then to follow you on social media and see amazing pictures of your cat taking over your work, because we watch that all the time on the Facebooks. It's just John Hartness everywhere. I have a Facebook group that's John G. Hartness Books. That's a great place to find me and interact with me and other fans of my work. You can follow Falstaff Books on TikTok. My marketing director posts a bunch of cat videos and pictures there. Also videos of me talking shit about the publishing industry. So you can follow us on social media, either Falstaff Books or John Hartness. I make it really easy. Awesome. Darren? I'm at DarrenKennedy.com. And the um, social media page has all my links. But um, if you want to interact with me friendly, find me on Facebook. If you want to be in my Facebook group, it's called The Chessboard, Darren Kennedy's Readers. I have an author page. Um, I'm on threads. I'm not doing X Twitter or whatever it's called now, um, but um, threads is where I write my random thoughts of the day. And if you like pictures of birds, flowers, or pictures of my books from me at conventions, that's my Instagram, Darren Kennedy author. Um, my books are available on falstaffbooks.com or Anywhere where you can buy books, all you have to do is type in my name and you'll probably see my books there. Awesome. Patrick. So I have a Linktree page that has every link known to man that gets you to me. So that's my social media. Um, that's my 3D printing store because um, I do a lot of 3D printing. I have a small print farm in my basement that I do dragons and other assorted fun stuff like the cat. 
<laughs> Very cool. So, um, you can get all that stuff. I just opened my own online store, which is uh, patrickdugan.net slash store. So you can get all my books there, all the 3D printed fun stuff. Um, so easy way to find me, just Linktree. Look up Linktree Patrick Dugan. You'll find it. Wonderful. Again, I've, thank you. I've been told that I have a Linktree as well. Oh. I don't know it, but... It's probably John Hartness. Or false, probably Falstaff Books, because yeah. Katie set it up. Our yeah. marketing director is way more on top of that. That is why I pay her. Yes. That is why it's good to have marketing directors. I love that. Thank you all so much for being here and bringing this amazing Kickstarter to Drinking with Authors. It's been so much fun. Um, I, fans here, have been Erica Lance, and my guests have been John Hartness, Darren Kennedy, and Patrick Dugan. And don't forget to like, subscribe, review. We love that, and we need the AI overlords to acknowledge our existence and that's how they do that so please do those things and we will catch you next time